everybody and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name is Denise Ferguson from Fine Affairs and tonight I'm here with G. Hi G, how are you? I am great, thank you. I'm terribly sorry that I'm not drinking alcohol but I do have a lovely cup of tea in a big G cup. I have an empty bottle of water so I'm even worse than you but... Oh my goodness. I know, sometimes. I know, sometimes but at least we can have some fun together. <laughs> we so, certainly can. What is your business called and what do you I've actually got two businesses, but the first and um, primary one is Branding by G, and I brand people, uh, not the burning flesh variety, but uh, unless they ask really nicely. Um, <laughs> that, that's a different business. Um, so yeah, it, it's all about branding. It's creating beautiful visual stuff for awesome people like yourself so that you can share it with the world what you're doing and do it in a way that looks shit hot, essentially. And it does, does look shit hot. What's the second one? The second one is the Queer Box. And that is a team effort. There are three of us in there. And we deliver LGBTQ plus diversity training, primarily to small business owners, but also to corporates increasingly as well. Basically, we go into businesses and tell them what they don't know about being inclusive. And um, we answer all of those awkward questions that they're embarrassed to ask and make it all okay that's okay you're not gonna kill anybody no one's going to die if you accidentally get a pronoun wrong but here's how to deal with it if you do yes. you always praise me for my um my fluid ability to say oh shit i thought i've just told you she that's not right they <laughs> because yeah. I always speak to the kids about it and everyone else about it and, and correct myself. I do correct myself every time because I think it's really important to, to get it into my language because it's just a taught, learned behaviour that I say she, he rather than she, he, they, them. And that's fine. And if people learn to accept that you are going to make mistakes, then that's cool. It's about not being a dick about it. Absolutely. And a lot of people are scared. They're scared to get it wrong. Yeah, they, they really don't want to mess it up. Um, you, you get that. No, nobody wants to get anything wrong and accidentally upset somebody. But you're not going to upset anybody terribly for a minor slip up if you acknowledge it. The challenge is when, if it does happen, not acknowledging it because then everyone's awkward and doesn't know quite where they stand. And it's just making it all okay because the world we live in now is wonderfully diverse with all of the genders and sexualities and flavours. And we are who we are. And yeah, we need to get over ourselves a bit as well. Yeah, absolutely, because you always say as well that you make mistakes as much as I make mistakes, and that's absolutely cool. Oh, but I misgender myself quite easily, yeah. <laughs> but you'll love the conversation I had today, so I got a phone call from school, which is always a, a daunting number to come up on your telephone, and it was the um, deputy head of my school saying that my daughter had... Um, collected a group of individuals from her school and brought them down to their SSB office. I don't know what that is, but you know the office where they can go and speak to teachers. If they need to. Mm -hmm. And um, staged a mini protest about the way that they've been treated. They'd collectively all been, you know, um, there'd been racism towards them, you know, sexual harassment and all of that. And um, she <laughs> said that they weren't going anywhere until it was dealt with. And they phoned me to say what an amazing daughter she was and how she should be credited for her actions. And I literally just thought, she is actually me. 
That is brilliant. Oh, how awesome is that? Well done to your kid. And she is awesome when she's not. <laughs> so, what got you into this business, either? Um, well, branding is the thing that I decided to do whilst I worked out what I wanted to be when I grew up. I just haven't grown up yet. Um, it was genuinely, I got to. 18, 19, and realized I needed to figure out a way to earn some money somehow. And what could I do with the things that I kind of enjoyed at the moment, which were basically music and art, which nobody ever makes much money in. But design seemed to be a way to create an income stream, do something that I would actually be able to land a job in. And that's what I went off to do. So I went off to do a general multimedia design course at uni had a module in branding and absolutely bloody loved it and um, that was 25 years ago so I've been doing it for a long time I've been doing it as my own business for nine and a half years 10 years in January and it's been awesome because in that time you, you just kind of you grow you become you, you find your own ways of doing things and and now that people know me for what I do and I've got my own flavor to it I just get to really enjoy all of the work that I do uh, it's like a puzzle. It's the uh, how do we create a visual language that communicates everything about this person or this business and does it in a way that the people who own the business, who are the business, love and that everybody else can feel? How do we do that? It's a puzzle every time and I love working out the solution. It just really tickles my pickle and keeps me very happy. So that's the oh, branding. Yeah. <laughs> so what about the lgbtq plus and all the other letters that we can add to it what about the teaching of that where did that come from and what made you start that business well i've been an activist in that field my whole life i came out at 15 uh and by 17 i was running uh lesbian and bisexual women's youth group because there wasn't one and so i decided well how else am I going to meet other lesbians? I'd better make a place where they can come and hang out and find me. So that's been a general sort of activism around LGBTQ stuff has been going on my whole life. But last year, getting on for a year ago now, I had a rant on Facebook because I kept being invited to women's Facebook groups all of the time. In my, yeah, I know we all get invited to groups all the time, but I was getting a lot of invitations to women's groups and I wasn't shy about the fact that I'm non-binary and I just got pissed off and I had a rant. And the response went bonkers. I ended up talking to the BBC about it. I was featured all over the place because it really hit a nerve because a lot of people hadn't realised that they could possibly be doing something wrong. Like, oh, geez, kind of female enough or isn't a man and therefore that'll do or actually I'd like to make my group really open and wonderful and invite all of the people but I'm still going to call it a women's group and so I just got annoyed and had a rant and lots of people came up to me afterwards and said we didn't realize we clearly don't know can you teach us and that's when I got together with Ruth and Robin, my two partners, and we set up the Queer Box. Between us, we've been doing this stuff voluntarily for 50 years because we're all ancient. Well, Robin's not that ancient, but, you know, between us we are. You are, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and that's what we now do. And it's really taken off, which has been wonderful 
people want to learn about this stuff people want to want to do better by it and we can help which is really cool it's interesting you say that because it's part of the conversation that i had with today i was obviously concerned about the sadly boys who were um creating this issue of so many people i was concerned about their education around the issues and why had been taught by anyone that type of language and where it came from and everything like that. But I also was really concerned that during the kids' life skills, what the fuck is that lesson? They were taught that there were two genders and that, you know, this is what you are if you are straight and this is what you are if you are gay and all of that fat. And my daughter and her friend were like hands up going, that's not correct. That's not correct. That's so much. But I have to bring it to the school's attention. Like, you can't teach the kids as a knowledgeable source, incorrect, mm-hmm. and then worry about where these kids get their miscommunication from, their yeah. misunderstandings from, because it's bad enough that it could well be coming from their parents or anyone else. But also, if you are supposed to be the authority and you're sending out that message, what is your expectations of them? That's crazy, yeah. I think this is one of the situations where our young people are so very much leading the way. They get it. Those of them that have keyed into this stuff, that that have thought about it, they get it. And it's only those of us who are you know, a little bit older and have been in the world our whole lives that that see it as normal. You know, we've been around queer queer culture in one way or another we get it too if you haven't had that then it's still really alien often I'm sure the teacher that taught that class thought that they were teaching something correct it's not about people being often deliberately derogatory or or miscommunicating or, or, or they're not deliberately trying to do anything wrong they're doing the best they can with the information they have and that's why the more we talk about it the better it's going to be because we we need to spread this up. I'm the same. I've got a teenage daughter and her group of friends is a fabulous collection of genders and sexualities and and nationalities and all of these things. And none of them give a toss. They're just mates. And it's wonderful. I had a house full of teens this weekend and none of them identified as the same as each other. And it was it was like having a sweet shop of children here. It was an hilarious outcome to a conversation about gender and sexuality and all of the things. But it's it's joy to listen to 12, 13, 14, 15 year old children be able to openly discuss these things without fear of repercussions. And that certainly wasn't my feeling of when I was growing up. I never feared about repercussions for me. But then I was normal enough for people, whereas I definitely felt that for my peers when I was a child. So to have somebody like you going into schools or organisations, you know, and really teaching from the level of probably having been around that all the way down to filter down to these children would have been amazing when I was. Yeah, well, we couldn't have. Section 28 was a thing back then. Yeah, this is why at 17, I had to set up the the youth group in the village at the local women's centre, because my head of the college I was at, the sixth form I was at, said no, and they were legally able to do that. 
that there was actually a law in place that said you mustn't undertake any activities that promote homosexuality. Now, I always wondered what exactly that meant and thought possibly speed dating on campus might go a step too far. But to actually have a space where people could congregate and talk was not going to be promoting anything other than let's just be social and have a space. So it, it yeah, it was a different world. It was a different world. And I know certainly coming out in that, I came out anyway because that's the kind of person I am. But I had all manner of unpleasant experiences where people were violent or verbally abusive or you know chased me down the street or whatever it was you know these things happened and they were commonplace back then they're not now nobody bats an eyelid when I mention my wife no nobody cares anymore it's just part of the normal texture of the universe which is exactly how it should be yeah 100% how it should be um we just need to find new ways to shock people thankfully <laughs> That sounds like a fun game. I'm in. I've been playing it my whole life. It is literally my uh, choice of entertainment in life. Ah, oh, nobody flinched when I said that. Let's say something else. <laughs> but that is just who I am. I don't have the option of having the the wife to flaunt about to try and you know get a reaction. I've got one of those standard male specimens on my arm. So yeah. Were, you were blessed with natural um, anti- antagonistic moral status of being able to waft a wife about. Um, yeah, I just have to. Play I will, um, I'll tell her. I'll tell her that, that yeah, I, I now have to waft her. Sure, I'm sure she'll enjoy that. But I think <laughs> so that's another issue, though. Wafting. <laughs> <laughs> waft the wife. It's, it's the latest trend. Um, uh, but I think that that's a big issue, actually, invisibility in queer sexualities. Yeah, anybody who's bisexual, pansexual, you know, who happens to be in a relationship that the outside world looks very heteronormative is assumed to be that. And I know all of the friends I have who are in that situation. It, it, yeah, it doesn't feel quite right. People assume heterosexuality when that's not actually the case. Um, we should really just stop assuming anything, shouldn't we? It makes an ass of you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Such wit for a shit. So back to the business. What's the yep, plan yep. for the business, either branding or your teaching of normalcy of any gender and fluidity and life? Mm. Um, the brand business is continuing as it has now for some time I've got a program running which is brand masters where I'm teaching people over 12 weeks to really own who they are as both a business and a personal brand and that's great fun we're on the first run of that now and we're a third of the way through which is awesome Uh, but other than that is working one-to-one with people uh we do it all collaboratively as you know um and just I love it I love getting to do that with people and that's just continuing as is the queer box is going a bit boom right now. It's Pride Month next month. Um, so we are going to go to town a little bit. I'm going to do a few live events. I'm going to basically haul myself out to educate in any way possible and see where it takes us. It's one of the joys of being your own boss, isn't it, really? You get to do the stuff that uh, makes you happy. 
So we'll see what happens. And a lot of other things too. (laughs) (laughs) So if anyone needs your help in their organisation, where can they find you? Hokey Cokey, Branding by G is brandingbyg.com, all things design related. And the queer box is the queerbox.co.uk. So head on over to those places or come find me on Facebook and be friends. Ultimately, that's the best place because we are human beings and we rock up and we do shit and we have fun doing it. So let's connect on a human level. Let's find people that we can work collaboratively together with. Totally. Yes. So you as a person then, when you're not, G the branding ways or G the <laughs> queer box promoter. What do you like to do? Might have a little thing sitting on the driveway that I quite like. <laughs> the other thing that we love. <laughs> the other yeah. thing. Yes. Yes. So uh, we have Dolores, the van um, that we've just started actually being able to use now that things are opening up a bit more. So uh, yeah, heading off and going camping. I've recently joined a local health club, so I'm actually going to the gym quite a lot, which I, as, as yet it's not having any visible effect, but, you know, maybe one it's day it will. It's frustrating that when you go into the gym, you don't come out as you require to come out. Yes. In one of those little machines, you just post yourself through in one end and come out 10 years younger and 20 pounds lighter the other. And yeah, sadly, no one's invented that yet. So, yeah. Uh, so it really and, and then we've got four kids so it's crazy family shenanigans most of the time juggling children and trying to make sure nobody kills each other typically the the name of the game around here uh, yeah that sounds exactly like my life completely except we <laughs> only have three but yeah the non-killing of people is an active sport in this house <laughs> definitely so what would be your three tips for people when they're looking at branding of their business Oh, well, first thing really is look what everyone else is doing. Not because you want to spy on the competition. Though spying on the competition can be fun. But you get a much better sense about what you love and what you like and how you might want to see yourself out in the world when you get to think critically about what other people are doing. So have a look around. Find things that you like. Oh, I like the way that they've combined letters and, and symbols there. Or I love the way they've combined those colours. It's finding those kinds of things that's really helpful. Then it's working out how you do that consistently. So either and create the initial assets for that. Or if you're not at that point, figure that out for yourself and be consistent with it. So colours, fonts types of imagery style the visual style of the stuff you put out in the world if you can keep it consistent people will become familiar with it and they will grow to trust who you are what you're saying when they see you out in the world they'll know who you are they will feel much more comfortable and you build that brand trust and and that relationship that recognition if you're changing every five minutes you lose any sense of recognition because nobody knows where you're coming from with it really um oh the other thing actually is you could come and join brand hacks i have a free group so that's a thing you do tutorials in there every week for random bits and pieces people might find useful so yeah come join brand hacks love it very good tips i especially like the first one about looking at other people's branding because for me as you know i really struggled going through the branding process because I was worried that i would just be like yeah that's fine and and not kind of 
love it or hate it enough to really care um, because that's just what I'm like about lots of things. I have strong opinions of things that I care about and other things that just don't shit. But what really helped me was going through other people's branding and saying the things I did and didn't like, especially like fonts, things like that. I really struggled to read, you know, the kind of swishy, swishy writing. So if I was to take a long time to figure out what the hell it says, then I didn't want that for my branding. Yep. Colours and stuff like that. And then I really realised that logos that were really colourful weren't for me, which I'd never thought about before at all. So it was really good going through that exercise of what things that I want for my business and all of that. So, yeah, you wouldn't, I wouldn't normally agree with look at other people's stuff and start there because I wouldn't want to be like anyone else's. But that was part of the process of not wanting to be like anyone else's. Mm. Selecting the types of branding and then going from there. Yeah. And it's just as much recognizing the stuff that you don't like. It's simply getting, like I say, it's something that you don't always think about. You probably haven't thought about it unless you're in that position where you now have to brand a business and you go, what the fuck do I do next? And that's that's where you can start. Look around you. What are other people doing and what works? What works for you? Because everyone's going to be different. And that's one of the other things about about a brand is, is we've all got a flavor. And if you think about all of the brands that you love, you'll know exactly who they are. You'll have brands that you don't love. And that's because the ones that connect with you, that you you actually bond with, have got something that means something to you in some way, shape or form. It's an emotional connection. So if you're creating something that you love, then the right kind of people are going to love it too. And the people who hate it clearly aren't for you anyway. It's that whole be yourself. Yeah. You don't end up like this if you don't act like yourself and have to not give a shit about the consequences totally yeah. yeah so when it comes to queer box then what would be your tips if you were uh in the in an industry you were a boss you had your own company and you've suddenly realized that you know jack all about sexualities gen- gender identity and you know you are getting to the stage where it's becoming an issue or a, mm-hmm. or something that you need to identify in your business what would be your tips for people to kind of learn for themselves before they come to queer box or people like you first off just come and connect with people like me yeah i've put out a load of free content all of the time that just is conversational it's an opportunity to have a chat to to read and learn by osmosis so find people yes we have training for that there are a few other things though that I think are worth pointing out one of the ones that people don't often think about is the use of pronouns and defining your own pronouns because if you've always been assumed to be the gender that you are then the way I define it you've got gender privilege you've never actually been questioned you just walk up in a space and people think oh yes I know the gender of that person and they get it right and everything's comfortable no one thinks about it For somebody who is often, almost always, if it's not being pointed out, seen as a a different gender to the one that they are, then it's a constant battle to say, I am this gender, please use these pronouns. So for those people who don't have that issue, if they can actually take the time to specify their own pronouns, stick them in their profiles, stick them on their email footers, have them on their name badges, actually identify it, it normalizes the process of us saying, 
of, of us reading other people's pronouns, encountering them and using them appropriately. It would be brilliant, I think, if that became normal. It's gradually becoming more normal. Interesting you saying that because I was asked recently why I hadn't changed mine. And I said because I didn't want to feel like I was taking the space of somebody else's fight. I wanted it to be the always know acknowledging and and learning and everything like that but I saw me changing um she her pronoun on any all of my profiles to taking that space away from people like yourselves who are always misgendered and and I've never really thought of it as well I had that I mean I've always thought of it as I have that privilege I have that privilege like that's not news to me but actually physically changing it felt like a kind of you know making a thing that didn't need to be made I don't I can't I don't, can't describe it but. I, you are incredibly lucky that you do not have to make it a thing that is yeah. the privilege and that no, but is, it wasn't it wasn't that that I, I was I felt like by me changing it I was making a statement which wasn't that was taking away something from you guys that and I didn't need that so now that you're saying from your side that actually it's helpful, I'd never seen it that, that way. I actually thought that it was, um, can't think of the phrase, but when you are uh, signaling, when you're, when you. Virtue signaling. Virtue signaling, yeah, exactly. And I, and I'm not for that at all. I don't yeah. help people, you know, I'm not, a, my family call me a freedom fighter because I'll fight for any cause which I truly believe in regardless of the consequences. And, you know, I didn't, you know, for me, this was taking something away from from you guys that, that, that I didn't need to, I, I don't need to signal. But if you're saying, if you're asking for that help as stand with us, then that's new to me. And I, I like that new knowledge. I'd say it's an active, active allyship. Saying, yeah, but some but people can argue that when when you're doing um when you're signaling signaling too and and it and it rarely is it usually is a you know I'm part of your gang I'm here to help and they're not and I really am so I now that you who are in the fight who are part of the fight is saying to me no 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 that's helping then I'm mm-hmm. then I'm cool with it I then that message should probably be said more. That would be brilliant. Yes, it is one of the things I do say quite a lot because it's it's one of those things that's quite an easy, simple fix for a lot of people. It's easy to do and it has a massive impact for those of us that, you know, sometimes it's really fucking tiring having to fight every single day just to be acknowledged as who we are, just to be normal, just to feel normal. I had an incredible experience just a couple of weeks ago when we joined this health group where they actually got my title right first time. They told me they had a family changing room as well as male and female. They just did a number of things that just made me feel like a really normal person who was joining. There was nothing different about me. I was just as welcome as anyone else. And it was the first time ever it had happened. It's exhausting. And 
anything that people do. I actually don't care if it's virtue signaling because it's still fucking helpful. So virtue signal, if that's who the kind of person you are listening to this and you want to do it because you want to be part of the gang, please be part of the gang. That's great. You're taking some of the labor for us. Marvelous. Thank you. Pick up a shovel and start digging. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Don't care why. It's still helpful. Thanks. I love that. No, but the thing is, for somebody who is reasonably well educated in all of this and and has always been part of the 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 people who are trying to bring quality to everyone regardless of the reason sex gender you know where you're from religion all of the things when somebody comes to me and educates me and I haven't heard that side of it before that's great Mm, and it makes me it then makes me think about the other people who are so uneducated on it but then that's why you've got robots yeah yeah Yeah. and it's part of a change I mean the change is massive this is one of the things that's really exciting is you know I've managed to make a business out of just standing up and saying hey listen look you can do better folks here's how you do it and that's all I'm doing and there's enough interest for me to actually generate an income and, and, and earn a living from that part, yeah, half of it. But, you know, it's actually doable, which is incredible. You know, I'm no longer simply fighting to exist. I'm now actually able to be part of the solution. And I'm not ashamed to say generating an income for myself so that I can actually spend the time doing it. You know, I'm not having to do that voluntarily and just exhaust myself all the time. It's actually, I can do it. I can put food on the table and I can sit on the sofa with my kids in an evening knowing I've done the work. It's a brilliant feeling. Love it. You're helping. That's good. Yes, very proud of you, G. (laughs) Likewise, lovely. So we're coming to the end of the podcast and I end all of the podcast with the eight mile moment. So I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I make it very clear. And I love Eminem and I love how he does his rap battles by saying the worst things about him. Skinny is white, his mum lives in a trailer so that his opponent can't say anything bad back to me. So, G, mm. what are the worst things about you? I bite my nails terribly even when I'm on calls. <laughs> That's me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm also like really bad at um, gauging, at reading a room. I don't read rooms. I'm autistic. So I will just walk headlong into whatever the thing is and not notice the fact that I'm probably treading on something I shouldn't be treading on. Um, Yeah, I do that a lot, which has its benefits as well, to be fair. But yeah, I'm possibly not the person you want to come to if you if you need a, a, a cuddle and a an oh there it's going to be okay. Nah, nah. I'll, I'll help you plan the revolution, but yeah, I, I, I'm not really. I don't do emotional support very well. <laughs> yeah, I'm too analytical, so I will also plan and plot and have a spreadsheet ready how mm-hmm. we're gonna solve the situation and I'm all for the cuddles and, and the you know and the pat on the back but I'm not there for the whole kitty party at all I'm terrible for that I'm like oh no 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 <laughs> we, can, we can have a pity party when we're sitting on a yacht somewhere in a hot country we ain't sitting in a pit of misery 
<laughs> Didn't happen this moment. That's not happening. No. And let's, let's be honest, there are there are lots of people out there who are, and it's not just pity party. Sometimes people actually genuinely need somebody who can meet them in an emotionally challenging place and be that caring, nurturing person. And there are some incredible people out there who are brilliant at that. I'm not one of them. Nor am I. No. no. <laughs> Love a cuddle will plot revenge with you, will not let you wallow in self Sorry That's about that. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, G. And as it's always, as always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast, you can contact us at podcast at find-surveyors.co.uk. Say goodbye, G. Bye, G. Bye, G.